podcast is part of the 80s Ruled Network. Visit the 80s Ruled on Facebook for more 1980s awesomeness. 1980s Time Capsule. One of those, like those clowns that play in the porta potty. Yeah. Oh, those guys are so good. Yeah, they're awesome. Oh my gosh, that guy's so a good. What? Hey, yeah. welcome back to another episode of Ninth. That's the other thing I was reading about podcasts. You got to get to the thing fast, right? So maybe we need a shorter <laughs> musical thing, and then it has to be like we got to capture people's attention. Unlike this video, we have to capture people's <laughs> yeah. attention right away. Yeah, I tried that. It's hard. Right? <laughs> so maybe you just got to talk really fast. I don't know. Get to things Wait, fast. That might be the trick. I sound really excited. <laughs> like Ray was saying a few weeks ago. Yeah. Hey, welcome back. I'm not going to do that though. Hey, welcome back to another episode of 1980s Now, a weekly examination of 1980s pop culture and its influence today. My name's Will and joining me as always are my friends and co-hosts, Ray and Kat. <laughs> Hi guys. <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> on today's show, we're going to decide what's going to go into our 1980s time capsule. Yes. Yes, we are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if anyone could even understand those words that I said. We're going to we're gonna each suggest a movie, an album, a TV show, a book, and a toy that best represents the 1980s from whatever, however we decide, whatever that means. And then we're going to debate about which should be preserved for some future, undoubtedly, post-apocalyptic generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this idea was suggested by our Patreon supporter, Bart Arnold. Who's Bart Arnold. Who's now? <laughs> Thanks, yes. Bart. And more on that later. Yeah. Yeah, Bart's with us now as we record this live on Facebook. If you ever want to participate in a, a live episode, which we do more or less every week, follow us on Facebook, 1980s Now. Okay, hey, a couple of, uh, well, one announcement in particular. We're going to be doing monthly or semi-monthly uh, 1980s trivia on Facebook Live, probably beginning in February. Uh, if you're interested in participating, shoot us an email, go to Facebook, uh, 1980s Now, let us know what day of the week would be best for you to participate so we can make sure we have the most amount of folks there competing for some prize. Because every time we have a trivia, we're going to have some kind of prize. It's going to be a like a $50 gift card. It uh, may be a gift from a sponsor like we had from the op the last time we did it. And here's the really exciting thing is, Unlike how we did it last time on the 80s rule, and we're going to be doing these over on the 80s rule so we can maximize the number of participants we have. Uh, unlike the last time we did it where we only had a few live folks, everybody in the chat is going to be able to compete. So you'll get a series of questions. You'll put your, it'll be multiple choice so that folks are able to answer concisely and, you know, accurately. You'll put your answer in there. The system will track who's doing, you know, what, who's getting what scores. And at the end, they'll tell us who won and you win the prize. That's it. Easy. It could be a prize from my basement. How's that sound? Uh, to <laughs> me, I've never seen your basement. <laughs> but uh, we were talking about a porta potty earlier. Do you, uh, do you keep piles of $50 bills in your basement? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. <laughs> but I got lots of great stuff oh. I can just send out to people. Great 80s thing. It could be from the 80s. Oh, yeah. Oh, it could be. So could maybe be. at the end of the trivia, you'll take like a camera down into the basement live. Oh, there you go. Yep. Kind yep. of like, uh, you know, I don't know. It sounds like a Blair Witch movie or something. <laughs> and you'll, well, the person will live pick out what they want. Yes. Okay. And it could be Blair Witch in my basement. Okay. De- it could, definitely fits the bill. Like, so, I'll yeah. take the hot water heater. <laughs> 
Hey, once There's again. stereo down there. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Does it have an eight track player in it? No, but there's a mm. dual dual cassette tape. All right. Now we're talking. Yeah, okay. So, right hey, mm-hmm. let us know what day of the week is best for you. If you're interested in participating in 1980s trivia live on Facebook on a monthly or semi-monthly basis, but probably monthly. If we could, if Ray could think of enough questions to ask people, I'm going to say. Nice. Okay. Hey, once again, it's time to. Thank you for your cooperation. Hey, on Instagram, Mecca of Speed writes, found your podcast a few months ago listening as they come out and going back to past episodes, enjoying them all. Awesome. Thank you, Mecca of speed. Uh, We warn Mecca of speed, you know, the further back you go, it's good. The quality is going to (laughs) change dramatically. Hey, that's where I started and I stuck with it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I don't know. I'm somewhat of an audiophile. So like when I listen to old episodes to find something we talked about, I'm shocked at how, at the time, I thought, this is great quality audio. And I don't mean the content. The content's decent, although Ray and I are a lot looser these days. But even the audio quality is not fantastic. It's hmm. different. It's definitely different. All right. Hey, I think that's all of that. Let's get caught up on 1980s news. Hey, this week in 1980s news per Entertainment Weekly. Sad news to report. David Lee Roth has canceled the remaining... Las Vegas shows ahead of his quote planned retirement. Okay, one last time for everybody who's you know needs to be caught up or reminded. In October, nearly one year after the death of his former bandmate Eddie Van Halen, Roth confirmed in a inter- in this weird audio that he sent to Las Vegas Review Journal that the upcoming round of Nevada shows were to be his last. He said he was quote throwing in the shoes. Yeah. Then in early December, just a few weeks ago after the initial date sold out. Roth added four more shows to the previously announced five at the House of Blues at Mandalay Bay. Then, just a few days ago, the first two of Roth's performances in 2022 were canceled due to, quote, unforeseen COVID-related circumstances. And now, just, I don't know, moments ago, I don't know, 24, 48 hours ago, all of the performances have been canceled. Uh, Entertainment Weekly received a statement from Roth via his manager with an image and the image, the red, to be continued, and had this picture of sort of David on it. And it, it, the, the, the message said, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. We got rained out. COVID canceled. Future shows? When the benefit concerts for Colorado, Farm Aid, and hospital workers, quote, everywhere come up, call me. Uh, <laughs> uh, we have to turn to our resident uh, David Lee Roth translator, uh, Ray. Yes, what? we do. <laughs> Let's see. That means... Uh, what does that mean? I guess that means the, the 40th anniversary of the album 1984 uh-huh. will be uh-huh. his final show. Oh, huh. all right. So that's, that's my guess. I say in two years yeah. when the COVID thing's over, mm. he plays one show. Interesting. Okay. Well, that would explain why he had this thing that said they're done and call me if any of these other things happen, which... Farm Aid's probably not going to be a thing again. So he knows, you know, everything he listed is probably not going to be a thing. But then his picture says to be continued as if he's planning something. That makes as much sense as throwing in the shoes. (laughs) Once again, I'm just going off a gut instinct on that one. I think, uh, I guess that would be the big spot to do it. Mm -hmm. It seems Mm -hmm. so strange, right? Because so many shows like the stadium tour, 
just get rescheduled. Why not just reschedule these dates? I'm sure the right. House well, of Blues would have if, it. Uh, if you read into even further, and this is an ongoing thing with him, his doctors keep telling him to retire and oh, stop going on stage. And it's basically, Back to that. it's one of those things where they're like, you're just shortening your lifespan by going out there and doing this. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. But if he loves it, why not go out doing something? Brings well, I don't know if you've ever seen the, the footage of that comedian on British TV having the heart attack live and they're laughing as he lays there dying oh on stage. Oh, no, um, no, yeah, yeah, I, I missed never that. watched that. Pretty horrific. Oh, my. Because he's like a, uh, sl- kind of like a slapstick comic sometimes. Mm-hmm. And when he falls down, they start to laugh. Yep. And then as he's like twitching and stuff, no one realizes he's having a heart attack until it's too late. And then they're like pulling the curtain and dragging him away. And then everybody's like, what the hell just happened? Mm. You can find it on YouTube. Yeah. Wow. Kat, here's <laughs> what you need to do. First, mm-hmm. look up clowns playing music in a porta yes, potty. In porta potties. <laughs> then look up comedian dies on stage. Comedian dies literally. on stage. Yes. yes. <laughs> well, I think mm. they could tell the difference with David Lee Roth because mm. he's not known for Throwing falls. himself down and twitching, right? No, like he but he's, leaping. you know, yeah, he's known for jumping into the air and doing the yeah. sword mm-hmm. dances and all that. And <laughs> So they notice if he suddenly stopped doing that abruptly, right? Yeah, but if some of the twitchy moves he has, I guess you wouldn't know. <laughs> He'd be crowd surfing in that corpse would just be carried yeah. around for a while. I don't know. And oh realize. Gosh. Oh, no. Before he's put back on stage. I got a feeling he, he won't stay retired. I, I just don't think he can do it. Yeah, I, I agree, which is why it's surprising. But I guess you're right. Maybe he's being pulled in different directions and uh, we'll hear from him soon. I was sad, I was saddened to hear that because, you know, I, I, like I wasn't going, but I had this fantasy that at some point, one of these one of these shows, like you said, he'd keep extending it. Maybe I'd see it. I'll tell you right now, it being a musician has got to be the worst job in the world because for mm. the last two years, none of them oh, have yeah. worked barely. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. definitely tough, yeah. This isn't the last we've heard from him. Oh, gosh. I hope not. I hope it's not like he dies <laughs> next week or something. That'd be horrible. Oh, no. All right. I made it darker yeah. somehow than right. That's weird. Okay. <laughs> hey, another uh, 19... Speaking of darker, this is a story that I read and I thought, this is a cool, interesting, weird story. And then, boy, it turned. Uh, <laughs> according to MovieWeb, Corey Feldman releases an unseen music video from 1986. So uh, this is true. In November, just, you know, this we're catching up on this story. Uh, the, the video that was released, as described by Sci-Fi Records, C-I-F-I, said, uh, quote, Corey Feldman official music video of Runaway. Uh, it's an amazing time capsule. That's what stood out to me, speaking about our episode. Has been completely restored from the original 1986 VHS tape it was found on. It's the first song Corey ever wrote, produced, and recorded. So there's this video. Uh, you mm-hmm. can see it out there now. It's It was included in this box set that Corey released of his early music. It's actually a remixed, remastered version of an earlier box set that's included with the sequel, but I don't know. I didn't realize he had so much music. Uh, But the video was filmed in in Feldman's father's tiny one-bedroom apartment in Hollywood in 1986 while Feldman was shooting The Lost Boys. The cast uh, of the uh, folks there, and it's... uh, uh, Did you guys watch the video? Yes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, boy. I had that, uh, uh, you know, rap song from that witch movie again, Vibes. It's a little excruciating. I was like, I got, I got to just get through this. I got to get through it. <sighs> I mean, hey, the, the, he was 15 years old at the time. So, you know, more power to him. I don't know what I was mm-hmm. doing at 15. That was all so video worthy uh, or that I'd be comfortable sharing with the public. But so more power to him. But 
Um, <laughs> the cast was made up of a group of Corey's closest friends at the time, including his cousin, Michael, his friend, Jason, a female actress, dancer, a magician introduced to him by Michael Jackson. If you recall, they were friends, Feldman and Michael Jackson named mm-hmm. Majestic. And two of the men who Feldman has since said later sexually abused him. Mm. This is where I say it takes a turn. Uh, mm-hmm. Feldman wrote, quote, I felt this was a pivotal piece to include for my most dedicated fans, as it is my first attempt at a music video and the first song I ever wrote and recorded. Sadly, it also features two men who would soon become my abusers, unquote. So, yeah, uh, I was like, oh, this is a cool video. We could poke fun at Corey Feldman. Wait, what? Oh, yeah, right? <laughs> He's taking all the fun out of this video. Yeah. Yeah, and then I'm digging into like, well, who was it? And which were those are the two guys? I want names. And then you can find it. And it's like, all right, now mm-hmm. I'm like CSI in this video. Like I'm going to cap, cap, catch something that he didn't catch already that he doesn't know about. But I mean, right. he's already out of these guys. It's <laughs> horrible people. I mean, Ugh. but um, well, I will say this though about the video. Yeah. Um, he's got gigantic balls for releasing this thing. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's not good. It is bad. <laughs> yes. But he says, you know, I was 15. Here it is. There's my Michael Jackson impersonation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was one of the aspects that made it hard for me to watch was how. It, how how it was just a mimic just, mimicry. Yeah, spot yeah. on. Kind yeah. Of, yeah. And then I was yeah. thinking how much I love the Donga video now <laughs> of the of the thriller, the Indian thriller. Another homage to Michael Jackson. Yeah. yeah. And then I was saying, which one's better? And I, I think, I think, unfortunately, Corey came in second. Yeah, Donga, oh, yeah, Donga runs away with that. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. That's, I agree. yeah, there's no contest there. But yeah, he really <laughs> took all the fun out of writing jokes for this part because yeah. I'm mm. sitting here tapping my pen going, all right, let's see. <laughs> hmm. Boy, I could write some jokes, but I'm not going to. And you get to that just, part, yeah. You kept I'm reading, just like, yeah. Well, that's the part I was going to write the jokes about. Oh, but yeah. then I was like, <laughs> oh, no. Like, you know what? Let's put the pen down because. Yeah. Mm. Wow, good judgment, Ray. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, we hope he's doing well. I mean, that's that's terrible yes. to have to have certainly lived through. Um, mm-hmm. Another thing that's surprising mm-hmm. to me about this this music that he created over this uh, period of eighty six or ninety four is that it features musical guests including Lita Ford and Don Dokken. Right. It's not like in the eighties there was big posters of them with him and like, hey, check this out. Yeah. Right. I, mean, I know the names. I'm not super familiar with them, but I did recognize. Them. Oh. The two people going into my time capsule. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, another 1980s news. According to to American songwriter, this is just going to be an education, I think. I did got a lot of questions about this. (laughs) Ozzy Osbourne to launch bat NFTs. Mm -hmm. These NFTs continue to mystify and frustrate me. Same. Why? It's very simple. (sighs) All right. So I guess I'll explain what Ozzy's doing and you can explain what an NFT is, which I printed out a whole other sheet of what an NFT is. (laughs) So on Je- January 20th, 1982 is a day that's gone down in rock infamy. It's the show that, uh, uh, during which in Des Moines, Iowa, uh, Ozzy bit off the head off of, now this says a real bat on stage. Now I, the story is not, it's, it was a real bat. True. That's true. It wasn't a live bat though. It wasn't the no, live. It was, it it was, was like if it was in formaldehyde and dead for a long time. It was, the guy brought it to the show as a joke. Uh, he had it for, I don't know. It was like one of those things for like uh, dissecting. Mm-hmm. And he brought it, tossed his thing on stage. Ozzy bites it. Hey, Later on, they rush him to the hospital because they're worried he might have rabies. I'm not sure um, which is worse. <laughs> alive so it was or- a real bad. It wasn't live, but yeah. But he did bite the head off of some doves or during a oh, yeah, recording. That's, that's true too. During a meeting with rec- record executives. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> you know. 
Wow. Uh, but now the 73-year-old rocker is, is uh, using that for unforgettable moment from 40 years ago to, as an inspiration for his NFTs. Oh, for crying out loud. Here we go. The Prince <laughs> of Darkness is launching Crypto Bats. Oh, it's a collection of 9,666. Get it? Hey. Unique bats oh. in the form of NFTs yeah. mm -hmm. that will go on sale mid-January. Uh, Ozzy says, I don't think Ozzy wrote any of this, but... Yeah, this is the best part of the whole story is them saying that what he's about Ozzy to read. all these things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've been trying to get on, on the NFT action for a while. So when I asked Sharon for a bored ape for Christmas after several failed attempts of buying my own and she said, no, I decided to create my own. I don't think he said any of that. That doesn't sound like Ozzy at all. Okay. How would he have said it? Sharon. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> now, so Ozzy supposedly, or his business manager, whatever, they worked on on this collection with uh, Sutter Sutter Systems, which included a never before seen feature that will allow crypto bats to bite or mutate with other NFTs in an owner's digital wallet, creating a mutant bat with some, but the same digital DNA of both tokens. I I what? <laughs> Just what? <laughs> Please explain. So do you know what? A, do you know understand what these NFTs are, Cat? Can, can we, I, I've looked it up and I try, I really try to understand. I, I, I just don't get it. I understand it's, it's like a, what is it? Like an ownership or like, it's, I don't know about a copyright kinda. thing of a work of art. Sort of. A digital work of art. <laughs> yeah, digital. Okay. Kind of. Yes. Sort of, kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a way to explain it, Brian? All right. Let's say I digitally make a picture of Will. Okay. Okay. I've created, oh, I've created this great work of art. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to sell it to you. Priceless. Mm -hmm. Me? Yes. You're going to buy mm -hmm. it. And you're going to okay. give me $350,000 because that's what I want. It's a deal. It's a bargain. Certainly. It's a bargain. And you can use it as your profile picture without me making you take it down. Mm. You can uh, hang it on your wall. You can use it in, in posts and artwork. Mm -hmm. But now there's mm -hmm. a tricky part to this where I could also, though, retain ownership of it myself, but I'm yeah. only actually selling you the right to use it. Whoa. So then I can call your sister and say, hey, would you like to buy this awesome digital picture of Will I did for, eh, the going rate's around 300000 so I'll sell it to you too. <laughs> She's a miser. You won't get a cent well, ever. <laughs> if she, even though she does, now here's the cool part. You can yeah. also sell it. It's a pyramid scheme. Mm. But- oh. I retain also part ownership in it. So every time it sells again, mm. money comes to me. Boy. Wow. Yeah, that's the cool thing about this, if you know how to do it right. Now, you can just, I could just take the picture, sell it to one person to be done with it and mm -hmm. take my money and walk away. Or you can mm -hmm. follow the sneaky path like a lot of people are doing now. Okay. But it's basically any kind of digital artwork. That's all it is. Hmm. Yeah, the, the, the part that you said about that's, you know, and, and I got this from Wired. Well, I, I pulled from a couple different places, but Wired's quote is, if this all sounds bizarre, that's because it is. The idea of paying for the symbolic ownership of a digital image that lives somewhere on the web and can be captured on a screenshot with a right-click right. download within seconds seems idiotic or ironic. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and then even in one of the articles I read, you know, they sort of, it was tongue in cheek, but they're talking about how this one guy paid, I don't know, $600,000 for this image. That was on their article. It was in their article. I mean, <laughs> so Ozzy's yeah, selling these yeah. things now. You know, I don't know. It's just stupid, man. I, this is like cryptocurrency to me. Like, it just it's, that's right. exactly what it is. Right. And it's is the this exact for people same who thing. don't know what to do with their money? Yeah, it's they just 
nothing better. It's for a younger generation who doesn't understand what actual paper is. Mm. Like everything they do is on the computer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they've, they've never seen like an actual museum and live person yeah. or taken a handwritten test in school mm-hmm. or paid with cash. Their entire world exists inside of the computer. Mm-hmm. So why would it be any different with their artwork and anything else? Wow. It's dumb. It's just Imagine an entire generation that doesn't realize paper comes from trees. You know, but <laughs> like the prices being paid or asked for these things. And I don't remember what Ozzy's asking, but it's not like any normal person could afford these things. You know, it's right in the, in the, in the articles, a lot of these articles quoting prices that things are selling for thousands, if not several or tens of thousands of dollars. I think the record is like $70 million for an NFT. Uh, it's just, it's insane. Whoa. So it's not like the lay people are doing well, this. It's like, but I think, I think we'll get to the point where like, mm-hmm. like, um, like when people want to do a post on their Facebook page yeah. and they need a picture of a celebrity, you can give them a dollar or whatever to get the rights to the picture to use it. So I but, think that's where it's headed. It's so stupid because we have that already. You know, there's these shutter stock and these different services well, where you could do that. Right. right. But this sounds fancy and new. Oh, whatever. It's just so dumb. <laughs> It's dumb. We it's rate kinda, it dumb. It's, it, they do it all the time. They just rename something and put it back into the general population. And everybody's like, oh my God, this yeah. is great. Never heard of this before. Don't do it. Don't buy it. It's a waste of money. All right. <laughs> hey, that was 1980s news. I'll say sure. this for NFTs. It had me looking up the word fungible. That's it. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that was, yeah, that was part of the explanation too. Well, uh, fungible is not a real word. That's another made-up word. <laughs> this, they explain here, they say, all right, non-fungible token. So they say, uh, for example, a Bitcoin is fungible. You trade one Bitcoin for another Bitcoin, you get exactly the same thing. So the non-fungible is that you trade something for something different. And they say, if you trade a, tra- a, tra- a trade, if you have a trading card and you trade it for a completely different trading card, or if you give up Squirtle, you know, a trading card for Squirtle, mm-hmm. I guess, and you got a... Uh, 1909 T206 Honus Wagner. Oh, that's a baseball player. You know, oh. it's, that's non-fungible. So yeah, it's the, how it's not uh, the same. You don't get the same exact. It's like one wood, you get one wood. That's fungible. Yeah, right. All right. Hey, uh, <sighs> hey, if you like the show, uh, rate, re- what do we say? Rate, review, subscribe. Uh, do like. something like that. Tell somebody about it. Yeah, Send us smash that like button. Smash it. That's right, everybody. <laughs> hey, now we'll see something controversial. I don't do controversial. Oh, take it with a grain of salt. I heard. Now I can say whatever I want and have no accountability. <laughs> so as we mentioned uh, on, you know, on today's show, right now, we're going to be talking about, uh, and we received this suggestion from, our, as I mentioned, from Patreon supporter Bart Arnold, who wrote mm-hmm. us saying, I came up with this idea of a 1980s time capsule that would be created by by the by 1980s. Now, this time capsule would represent the 1980s to someone a hundred years from now. Um, so, and Bart provided a number of different categories, way more than we'd have time to to do on this show, um, for us to to put for items that we could pick from to put in this time capsule. But we'd limited it to TV show, book, toy, movie, and album. Um, and mm-hmm. you know, we were and how we decided what goes in this time capsule it was left for us for us to uh, decide, right? But, you know, it was occurring mm-hmm. to me that, um, I don't know if you guys had this problem, like part of the figuring out what goes in the time capsule was making sure what I was considering really happened in the 1980s. There was one category that I hmm. had a challenge about, like, 
like yeah. from from that time. Like I can think of things uh, about yeah. the time, but uh, yep. <laughs> you'll find out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought this was one of the easier things we've done because narrowing it down to these, this made it easy. All right, cool. Can't well, wait to hear. Yeah. <laughs> Considering the struggles that you could have knowing whether it happened in the 80s or not, once again, it's time to play. What's the time? All right, so here I've got... <laughs> Five hit singles and five popular films. Oh. Some happened in the 80s, some didn't. Mm -hmm. I'm going to warn you, the ones that didn't happen in the 80s happened really close to the 80s. Oh, boy. All right, so I figure we'll just go back and forth here and just see uh, out of the 10 here, you'll each get to answer five. Uh, And then uh, we'll see. uh, Are we competing? Track here. Of course, everything. Life is a competition. <laughs> and you're going to win an NFT. I'm going to trade the yeah. s- transfer the rights to Bart's email to one of you guys, the winner. Nice. <laughs> All right, here we go. We'll start with uh, Ray, okay? All right. Ice Ice Baby. So these are all, did it come out in the 80s or not? Ice Ice Baby by Vanilla Ice. Ah, uh, not. Didn't come out in the 80s, you're saying? Yep. That's right. Came out nice, in 1990. Nice, nice baby. <laughs> Cat, <laughs> this one's yes. for you. Opposites Attract by Paula Abdul, 80s or not? Was it released Ooh. in the 80s or no? I'm going to say yes. That's wrong. No. no, it's right. It came out in the 80s. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wrong. Hey, all right, Ray. You just <laughs> hit the wrong button. <laughs> oh, I forgot to write down who wrote, who wrote this song. You guys know this one, though. The King of Wishful Thinking. Cat oh. could sing it for you, I'm sure. I'll get over you. I I'm going to say uh, 80s or not. Not 80s. That's right. Came out wow. in 1990. Nice. It's featured nice. in Pretty Woman. Uh, don't yeah. Stop. This is for you, Kat. Don't Stop to Get Enough by Michael Jackson. 80s or no? Oh, um, no. That's right. That's like the late 70s, 1979. right? 1979. Yeah. All right, yeah. this last one here for the songs is for Ray. Uh, Heaven uh, by Warrant. 80s or no? Oh, that's 80s. That's right. <laughs> and you guys are that's showing uh, your 80s credentials that's, here. That's uh, 89, I believe. That's right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I hope I don't have to give a specific year. <laughs> that's the next category. <laughs> All right, now these are five films, either in the 80s or they didn't come out in the 80s. And so we'll start with Cat since Ray left off here. Uh, Misery, Stephen King's Misery, the film adaptation of Misery, 80s or not? Oh, dear. I have no idea. <laughs> Did you not see that film? No. Oh. No, I didn't. I'll just take a guess, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say yes. That it came out in the 80s. Yeah. Sorry. Uh-oh, Ray shaking his head. Oh, no. 1990. <laughs> I should have yeah. been looking closer the, at Ray. <laughs> books around like 84 ish. And I, mm-hmm. yeah, 1990, I think, is when the movie came out. Mm. Uh, yep, 1990. Hey, uh, Ray. Ray, this is for you. Rocky 2, 80s or not? Rocky 2 yep. is not the 80s. That's right. Nice. 1979. Well, I could have that one. 1979. <laughs> oh, well, you'll get this one. <laughs> Major League. 80s or no? Major Come League. <laughs> Would you like to pass? I'm going to raise. Um, uh, yes. That's right. <laughs> oh, 1989. <laughs> All right, Ray. All right. Days mm-hmm. of Thunder. That is first. Not, not the 80s. 
That's right. Wow. When 1990. Ah. All right. And the last one here for you, Kat, is uh, the film Say Anything. Did that come on the 80s or not? Oh, yes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Man, you guys are good. Look at that. You proved your worth. Your I'm not quite as good. But metal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got one wrong right? or something like that. Yeah, I did. All right. Hey, let's get into this. So we're going to offer up our uh, suggestions. We've got a few from folks on the internet. So this is All the right. order we're going to do it in, right? So you guys know. TV show, book, toy, movie, album. I figure album's one of the ones in movies. Those are the two categories folks might be most excited about. So let's just, we can, and book and toy are least. So we stick those in the middle. It's a sandwich of entertainment. All right, so hey, let's start with TV show. All right, who wants to go first here? I don't, we don't really know what he, so we don't know what each other's is going to advocate right. for. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll go. Go ahead, Ray. Uh, I'm doing Family Ties. Okay. Oh, nice. Because nice. it perfectly describes how the transition from the hippies to the yuppies. Right. And the dumb mm -hmm. sister and the bad acting of the youngest sister. It's got it all. Mm-hmm. Somehow you, you turned this into a negative experience. <laughs> I'm not voting for that. To, did he pick on any of the men in the show? I'm trying to remember. Hmm, let me think. Hmm, did did I? a lot of dumb sister and dumb mother or something yeah, like that? Huh. Yeah. That yeah. Nick guy was really cool. Heard a lot of massage in there. <laughs> did you see on that old post, someone posted about Scott Valentine that he lived in their guest house and trashed it and never paid rent and- yes. And beat up Michael J. Fox? <laughs> this is recent. Someone posted on it, is this true? And then she wrote back, yes, 100% true. And there was more. <laughs> I forget what she said, but she kept yeah. adding on to yes. it. Yeah. All right. All right. What do you got, Kat? Well, it might be hard to top family ties, but yeah. the first thing that came to mind for me was Knight Rider. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Me too. Knight Rider for me too. <laughs> we already win. Yes. <laughs> we just outnumbered them. All right. Why did you say Knight Rider? Yeah. <laughs> Why did you pick Knight Rider? Why did I say Knight Rider? Yeah, well, how is that we, emblematic of the 1980s or whatever criteria you used? I just, uh, I remember watching it in the 80s. Okay. <laughs> it was, That's we were down, big yeah. fans of that show mm -hmm. and we loved the car. Yep. And um, I mean, I, David I, Hasselhoff. Yeah, I thought you were going to say him in the shorts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> is that you the other one? No, no, they all did it. There's always an episode where they somehow got these dudes in shorts. <laughs> And then all the ladies are like, man, I like that Knight Rider show. Oh, yeah. And the shorts in the 80s are short shorts for men yeah. and women. Yeah. I got to tell you, I didn't really care about at that time, at that age. Yeah, she was like 12. Um, men. Yeah, exactly. I was more into the car. <laughs> the red light, you know. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and Cylon Warrior red yeah. light. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's, well, look, so many things. It was created by Glenn Larson, who created so many shows that we love from the 1980s and from the late 1970s. It's, it's like, you know, it's the same reason you picked Family Ties too, right? It's like what we talked to David Sirota about, you know, months ago, where it's, it's that lone wolf. It's so, it, not only it's, uh, I guess, politically, socially, et cetera, representative of the 1980s in the sense that we had a lone wolf. He didn't work for the government. He was operating on the fringes of the law. He was created by a self-made millionaire, uh, if you remember, he's first, he's a different character, Michael Long, who gets shot. He's a cop who gets shot in the face. And then this, uh, Ed, I guess it's Edward, uh, what's his name from the ghost of Mrs. Muir who play Edward Mulhair plays, uh, the billionaire who rescues him, right? Gives him a new face, a new identity. 
So you got the self-made millionaire thing, the lone wolf, the outside, the government. And then like Kat says, the car, which is like, you know, so ahead of its time in the sense that it's artificial intelligence. And so much of the 1980s was about, you know, advancing technology in, in such a way that uh, it stood out. And the theme song, which look, oh, yeah. I think I picked it out as my <laughs> favorite theme. It was written by Glenn Larson also with uh, Stu Phillips. We talked about that a while ago. Um, it used, they used five or six synths to create the sound. Come on, that's 1980s right there, straight up. <laughs> and I learned something I didn't know about it. So here's a piece of the theme, right? Here's a piece of the Knight Rider theme, for those who don't remember. So this has nothing to do with the 1980s. I just think this is pretty cool. That when they were creating the theme, they actually borrowed musically from an 1876 ballet, Sylvia, by French composer Leo Delebay, I'm going to say. And listen okay. to this piece. So I listened to this ballet to find what they were talking about. And check this out. It's exactly the... <laughs> It's just a little more triumphant sounding. Well, yeah, especially the in-between uh, parts there. All right, I think Knight Rider's going in uh, just by default, Ray. Hmm. Mm. I don't know. Ah. You can't both go in. There's only room enough for one of each of these things in this small uh, thing. Uh. Here. Uh. I don't know. So, uh, you'll, uh, yeah. You'll win another one, Ray. I'm sure. We'll, He'll win the rest we'll, of them. We'll Nathan Wallace right suggested um, Miami Vice. You can't get more than 80s than Miami Vice, he wrote. I agree. That's such a hard yep. one. Yeah. Uh, that was my second choice there. I had trouble picking, but at Knight Rider was my first choice. Amy yeah. has been screaming Alf over and over again. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, let's see. On, on Facebook, Bart had suggested MacGyver, Miami Vice, and Cosby Show. Mm-hmm. Um... And Robbie Smith over on the 80s Ruled, our content partners uh, group there, suggested Dallas. And, uh, you know, I agree, too, in a sense. I didn't watch it, but that idea again about, you know, the American story. You, too, can be a multimillionaire if you... I don't know what the story yeah, is about. We're we're born into money. Born into money, right. exactly. Yeah. That's so. What's more easy than that? What's more American than right, that? Right. <laughs> okay. Hey, uh, next category: book. Mm, now that I'm, was my tough one. It was mm. tough for me too because as, I'm trying to think. All the books I read in the 1980s, which ones were actually mm-hmm. published during that decade? Yeah. I yeah. That was a tricky part. And then among those, did any of those even matter? Mm-hmm. So right. I did come up with an answer, but. Um, I bet Ray has a good but one. But I bet your Ray has a good one. He read mm-hmm. a lot of books. He's a well-read yeah. gentleman. I did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll go first again. Okay. No big deal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Time Life Books, Mysteries of the Universe, 33 <laughs> volume set is what I have chosen. Started in 87. The first volume was called Mystic Places. But since since we're it's a book, yeah. I'm going with number seven, <laughs> Mysterious <laughs> Creatures in the series. Yes. With sea monsters and ape yeah. men, cryptids, the, yeah, the crypta, crypto zoology, yeah. right. uh, <laughs> the pseudoscience of the whole thing. It's all in there. Nice. This is by far the the best book series. You can buy the whole thing on Amazon right now for like a thousand dollars. You have my vote. Wow. Ray. I'm surprised I... it even cost that much. Wow. These things are awesome. Did uh, is that the one with the commercials? Read the book. That is it. <laughs> 
<laughs> that is the read the book commercial. I love that commercial. I did not even consider nonfiction. I that is brilliant. Yeah, I thought about nonfiction, but honestly, I couldn't remember. I mean, I, did, I, I can remember some nonfiction books I read, but I don't know if they were mm-hmm. published in the eighties. I guess I'd have to dig into it. No, that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I think that wins. But um, you want to? I don't know. Wait, what, are you, what, aren't you what considering did you this? Have? Like yeah, Teddy Ruxpin? Teddy Ruxpin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's offering her Teddy Ruxpin book. I, I suggested. Also, uh, yeah, go ahead. There's no, I, I know you're not going to say it. Uh, the Satanic Verses. I thought about that. I oh, thought about that. That was a big um, deal when it came out. Yeah. I guess I was trying to think well, how it was emblematic necessarily of the 1980s, except Satanic Panic in a way, but he really got in trouble because, you know, because well, of something that we're not going to say on this show. We don't want anybody coming to our homes. No, no. That dude was in hiding. <laughs> but yeah, he hid right. for many years from whatever mm-hmm. happened to him. You could look it up yourself <laughs> and read about it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I don't know how that was necessary in the 1980s. Yeah, uh, Amy suggesting it or misery. Yeah, Stephen King. I read a lot of Stephen King in the 80s. Uh, mm-hmm. That was published in the 80s. But you know, right. oftentimes is you know, uh, you know, like it is partly in the 50s, partly in the 80s. So mm-hmm. I don't know. And I but read, Chris- yeah, I read Christine. That's the only Stephen King bo- book I've ever read. I read mm-hmm. it in yeah. the 80s, but I well, I forgot to look up if it was, it was published, published in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, it was like okay. 86 yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'd say King is probably. In the 80s, I probably read more of his books than yeah. anybody else's. Yeah. I'm going with the yeah, Time Life, man. Time Life yeah. wins for me. Yeah, I don't even have to suggest my book. I wasn't going to suggest the book, but it doesn't even matter. Oh, I want to hear it, though. Well, it I was, still want to hear it what was you... Neuromancer. Uh, it's a... Uh, nerds know about this book. It's uh, oh. by William Gibson. It was published in 1984. It's the guy who coined or created the uh, uh, cyberpunk, um, what would you say, genre. Um, but he created in the 1980s. It's a book that's set in the future. But um, even though it's, and, and actually it's in part, the movie, The Matrix is based on some of the concepts there. He has a reality in his book that's this virtual reality that he mm-hmm. calls The Matrix. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think the Wachowskis hid the fact that they based it in part on him and some manga and all these animes and stuff like that. But I mm-hmm. found a quote that, um, because I don't really, I don't, I have terrible reading comprehension. I will read something and literally if I, a day or two later, I will forget about it. When we do this show and I read people's books, I'm like rereading stuff like the day of the interview, making copious notes, you know, to have it ready. Otherwise I forget. Keep but it um, Corey, this uh, novelist and blogger, Corey Doctorow said about Neuromancer that um, it remains a imagined, sorry, it remains a vividly imagined allegory for the world of the 1980s. So, so I guess the, I meant to point out was that even though he predicted the sort of some of the different things we have now in the future and some things that are popular now and some of these concepts, philosophical or, you know, technological, that this guy's pointing out that it really was at its heart, though, an allegory for what was going on in the 1980s, uh, when the first seeds of massive globalized wealth disparity were planted and the inchoate rumblings of tech, you know, Ray won. Ray won. All right. <laughs> I think if there's more than three words in a sentence you have to look up, you're probably, you're probably losing. All right. Fungible. And- All right. Time life books. Read the book. Number seven, Mysterious Creatures. Number seven, Number Mysterious seven. Creatures. And it's also right. an interest, probably the most interesting one. All right. Next up, toy. Let's get rid of toy. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. This uh, one's, pre- I don't think there's uh, going to be a lot of difference between the toys we pick here. I don't know. This I'm was so tough for curious. me. This was tough. <laughs> I think you want, you want to go again, Ray? Go I'll, I'll go. Yeah. The Rubik's cube. I don't think there's any toy that sums up the eighties better than the cube. Yeah. Uh, mm. Yeah. And uh, on, on Facebook, uh, Mike Porter said Rubik's cube. 
Mm-hmm. Um, he also suggested the Atari 2600. That's that was my, my two finalists. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and see Rubik's Cube and yeah, it was Rubik's Cube and Atari 2600. Yeah. And I went with the Atari. He went with Rubik's Cube. See, yeah. Now those were my two. And then I said, you know yeah. what though? <laughs> I got to think of something else because Ray and Kat are going to say those. <laughs> so then what I picked was, although admittedly I did not have one, a Nintendo Game Boy. And here's oh. why. There's so much of it that uh, to me represents the 80s. It was an 8-bit machine, so crude graphics and sounds. Mm-hmm. But it advanced, you know, obviously it was an advance on having a home console like the Atari 2600. But I think it was one of those things that sort of showed one of our interests in the 1980s of having more things readily accessible. We wanted, you know, things fast and portable and, you know, smaller. <laughs> you know, so we get the Walkman. <laughs> I had this little seven inch, uh, I don't know, seven or five inch, you know, black and white TV in my room. You know, the Game Boy, I think think the Game Boy is just another one of those things that showed sort of how, you know, the evolution of our need to have things faster and more at the ready in the 1980s, you know, which Mm -hmm. then pervades everything, you know, in the decades that follow. I'm with you. I didn't have one myself. My brother did. He he loved his Game Boy. (laughs) I, I don't know anybody that had a Game Boy. No. You know, it came out no. late in the eighties. We were too old. That's yeah. why. We it was later. Old. Yeah. 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 So we later. Were, I still played video games. I just somehow the, the Game Boy itself was just not not something I ended up getting. Yeah. Right. Right. All right. But mm-hmm. what, what, all right. This is tough. We got a three way uh, challenge tough. here. How do we decide? I'd say we put up a poll, but I don't even know that we can do that. Really. Right. <laughs> Ask Bart. Bart, yeah, what's what are you doing, Bart? <laughs> Let's see, Bart didn't see, see if you have any other toys in the in the on Facebook that folks folks posted. Kathy um, says Cabbage Patch Kid. All right, well there you go. That's not one of the three. That's two. Cabbage Patch or Transformers. 80s. Yeah, that's another one. Yeah, Walkman. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. If you yeah, Cabbage nope. Patch is good, if you want to ignore fifty percent of the population, that's fine. <laughs> huh? Now, now I know what Ray suggested. I'm trying to think. Did I have anybody who had a the only friend that had a Cabbage Patch was a, a boy? Hmm. No, that's probably true. Yeah. All right, uh, Bart says Rubik's Cube. All right, Rubik's Bart Cube it is. Bart says Rubik's Cube. Mm. And R- Bart, yep. Smart was, man. Bart sent us down this path in the first place. Mm-hmm. We're going with Bart. Okay, Rubik's Cube is going yep. in the time capsule. All right, here we go. Now this is getting, now it gets really interesting to me. Mm. What 1980s film are we putting in the time capsule? <gasps> now it's got a, we got a lot of suggestions and help from the uh, folks that posted on Facebook here. Mm-hmm. Let's see. We've got. Oh, Bart, Top Gun, Breakfast Club, Goonies. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Maybe that's it. That's it as far as films. Got a lot of music, music videos from Lynn here and some other, huh? Let's see. <laughs> yeah, I like that extra category there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is a great category. Yeah, we hadn't thought about that, but. All right, so uh, what do you got? Why don't we just continue how we're doing, right? What's, what movie I am going, going with the, the greatest uh, scene in all of cinematic history. Okay. Oh, boy. Fast times at Ridgemont High. Oh my oh, lord! You say, <laughs> I don't know what scene you're talking about. When the pizza gets delivered? <laughs> uh, nope. We're gonna we're gonna say the Phoebe Cates scene needs oh, to be okay. in the the capsule. Oh. You know what? You got me realizing when I was thinking about this, I wasn't considering picking a film that had like a lot of great '80s music in it. Mm-hmm. Great soundtrack. Mm. Hmm. Spicoli, oh. Mr. Han. I think I went down the wrong path here. Huh. <laughs> Brad, huh? Brad in the bathroom scene. I mean, these are all a typical 80s things. Yeah, I say it's all, yes. <laughs> all the things we did in the 1980s. 
I tried um, to pick yeah. something a little more accessible to more oh, audiences. Oh, to 50% like of the audience? <laughs> younger. Oh, to 100% of the audience? And 100% of the people were allowed to see this movie. It was the 80s. <laughs> I was allowed, but... <laughs> <laughs> there you go. What did you pick, Kat? I picked the Ghostbusters as my top oh, okay. choice. okay. That's a good one, too. Yeah. I had one. a couple other backups there, like Footloose. See? Goonies yeah. was one of my choice. Back to the Future. Yeah, that, that's what I picked. Back to the Future. You picked Back to the Future. I yeah, and I was thinking that, and like maybe I was thinking about these things too deeply and not just going like emotionally. Because <laughs> again, emotional. you got a film that, look, it's set in the 80s, but most of it takes place in the 1950s, which I think is one of those things that, again, shows where we were out, our heads were at in the 1980s. Sure. So you have a yeah. very 1980s feeling film as far as the technology and the story and all that stuff, the action of it. But mm -hmm. it's set in the 50s because as we talked again about how so many people wanted to take us back to the 50s as far as, you know, thinking that things were better than it wasn't. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the people that were in, in charge at the time, our parents and their, you know, and the older mm -hmm. folks thought it was. So, you know, very much like Knight Rider, it's sort of similar in that regard. That, But on, if yeah. you take the part, the whole trilogy, it also gave us those glimpses of what they thought the future would be like because we saw 2015 had flying cars. Yes. <laughs> so in that sense, also, that was a very 1980s thing. I think seemed to, well, that probably been going on for long before the 1980s, showing that by the year 2000, we would have all these miraculous inventions. <laughs> like the Jetsons. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I said back to the future, but, um, so you're, mm -hmm. but you, you said, uh, Ghostbusters and we got mm -hmm. Fast Times at Richmond High and hmm, very <laughs> different. different films. We can't fit yes. them all though. Well, oh. I picked mine based on in a hundred years, um, would people what still would, want to see boobies. Yes. And how mm -hmm. did it depict 1980s life? That's how I picked the movie. That's true. Mm. That's true. Huh. You're persuading me here. You're persuading me. Yes. I think that one with the, you know, there's the mall, there's stoners. I'm there's switching my vote. Chicks. I, I think Ray's, uh, that's a good, oh, no. that's a good way to think of it. It's got football. <laughs> I mean, it's got everything. Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Yeah, I mean, you could see life <laughs> in the 1980s, ghosts. but yeah, but it's that sci-fi element that, like, the way, like my uh, why Back to the Future is not a, as good a choice either. Yeah, it's almost like a documentary in, in that sense. Like yeah. you're suggesting, <laughs> Fast Times. Oh, mm -hmm. You think Fast Times is? <laughs> yeah, Fast Times. Not, it is. not Ghostbusters. No. Well, technically, you know, uh, Cameron Crowe wrote this thing. It's right. based basically on a true story. That's true. Right? It's based on his book, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh oh, Bart agrees with Ray. Yep. And with me, Bart. I agreed does. too. I agreed before there you, you go. agreed. <laughs> I've, I have swayed right. the crowd. All righty. I shall All climb right. off my soapbox now. All right. <laughs> that brings us to our final category then. Yeah. Which is uh, music. Like I said, and, oh, and not, it's not specifically music, an album. So it has to be an album that collectively. Album. Yeah. You know, all the songs, not just one good song. Mm -hmm. And um, let's see, we got oh, some boy. music suggestions. Of course, so Kathy wrote Duran Duran for Kat. She wrote, she had it for Kat. <laughs> so not for her, for you, Kat. Thank you, Kathy. Uh, yeah. Oh, Bart also wrote about music videos. So somehow that became a thing. Well, Bart, uh, and Bart's original suggestion to us included a number of categories and, and probably included music videos. A lot and, of categories. And Bart, do not worry. I have them all written down. Oh, over at, yeah, and right. I will I will be doing a Patreon exclusive uh, episode about the rest of we, them. We call no those doubt exclusive of me, too. <laughs> well, did you write them Excuse down? Wait, Did you write them down and do the rest of them? Oh. I save my emails. Oh. <laughs> I've oh, got no. it. It's right, right. right. You had to forward that to you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, guys, where that, did you get this list That's called a Bartreon, Bartreon <laughs> exclusive, right. we call those. 
Um, but Lynn wrote uh, Mike, making of Michael Jackson vid- thriller. That's uh, that's mm-hmm. something that should be in a time capsule. Uh, see music videos. Bart wrote Aha, Take on Me, Twisted Sister. We're not going to take it. Yeah, I like those choices. Um, and then oh, and Linda, Lynn, Lynn has a bunch of other videos here. Music, music video. She wrote music mm-hmm. slash music videos. Duran Duran, Holy Like the Wolf, Madonna, Like a Virgin. Mm-hmm. Cindy Lauper, girls just want to have fun. Walk this way, Run MC and Aerosmith. The entire Beastie Boys license to ill. Oh, she's right. just trying to get your vote. Ha. <laughs> All right, let's see, Ray. What do you got? What music album should go into the time? Well, capsule? you would think I would have picked 1984, but I did not. No. Uh, yeah, okay. I had some guesses. 1984 I was love one this of them. Already, I, I go ahead. Did not pick that album because I think there's a better album that represents the 1980s as a whole. Is it a soundtrack album? That can't count. It is not. Okay. Okay. In 1986, All right, let me Poison think. released oh. Look What the Cat Dragged In. Wow. And there is not a bad song on that album. Mm. And they're all about sex and drugs and rock and roll, every last one of them, and partying all day long. The perfect album. It basically made the blueprint yeah. for every hair metal, glam metal album that came after it. Hmm. Hmm. See, all right. Talk dirty to me. I want action. Look what the yeah. cat dragged in. I think that's uh, number one bad boy. Let me go to show. Cry tough. The, the thing's loaded with with top ten awesomeness. I think that's. F- it did hit number three, by the way, on the Billboard. Yeah. Oh, did it? Yes. Look, uh, the thing for me was, and I guess mm. as I say this, though, it sounds like I'm going to contradict myself in a moment when I say what I'm talking about. <laughs> The thing that was hard for me is, right, is, is you pick one album within one genre. You can't, there's no compilation. There's no band that performs in like various genres. Right. So you wind up saying either hair metal is representative of the 80s or, uh, you know, pop music right. or hip hop. I mean, new wave. Mm-hmm. You, it's, you just, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not. <laughs> Where, oh, Kat, what do you, what do you think? <laughs> what do you, well, what do you I'm not, Kat might just say the same thing as me and then we're done. I'm so curious. I'm so curious. Much like Ray, you might have kill them all. She's going with kill them all. That would have been another excellent choice, but that was my other guess for you. Kill them all. Well, I don't think it represents the whole of the eighties as much as poison did. Mm -hmm. You put a lot of thought into this, Ray. Somebody's got to. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) You might've thought that I would have picked like Rio, Mm -hmm. but I I thought for sure. Because I thought, well, right. Because I thought that no, that's too easy. Seven too in the ragged tiger instead. <laughs> oh, that's going to be the twist. Yeah. No, I mm. didn't. I if I picked Duran Duran and Ray picked Van Halen and you picked Beastie Boys, we'd just be arguing all the time. Mm. So I picked something that I felt like I'll use that word accessible again. I'm going to. Okay. Mm. I picked something that I thought ev- everybody could enjoy. Hmm. And that did seem. Did you include, uh, consider Ray when you among the everybody though? I did. Oh, okay, I mm. did. Ray's part of my yeah. everybody. So we'll get to find well, out immediately. We'll, we'll find out here in a second. Yeah. Thriller. I picked Thriller. Ray, would you enjoy Thriller? Um, I owned Thriller as a kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like some of the songs. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. like some of the songs, but mm-hmm. I would say overall, that's a a good album to pick for the '80s because I mean it is a gigantic mm-hmm. selling album. Right. The whole number one thing, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't yeah, own yeah. it myself. No. My sister did. Mm. And she let me borrow it. Sometimes you have a I sister? got to stick that in my. <laughs> huh. You never talk Sometimes. about it. Oh, yeah. Annie? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Annie. Yeah, Annie. <laughs> I thought about Thriller. 
Did you think about it? But then thriller? I said, you know what? Can't be thriller. Why because not? for me, something about the sound, for me, a lot of it was about the sound. Like, what mm-hmm. is it, what sounds like representative of the 1980s, either where we're at or where we're going. Mm-hmm. And um, thriller, I thought, sounds too much like a echo or a shadow of like the 70s, the late 70s. Mm, okay. you know, a lot of it still sounds a little disco-y. Which I look, I love thriller and I love disco. Mm-hmm. Um, it just wasn't enough of that. For me, I thought it had to have some natural instruments, but also had to have some mm-hmm. synths in it, which is why I ultimately decided hair metal couldn't be it. Unless it, like mm-hmm. in the, it, 1984 might have, that might have been a good choice because you had synths in there too. But yeah. also, it still leans pretty rock heavy. But uh, mm-hmm. look, I'm going to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to contradict myself right now, but it's not a hip hop <laughs> album because I, I could have easily picked one of those, of course, as you know. Yes, I you picked. Madonna's debut album, Madonna. Oh, wow. How interesting. She was uh, released in 83. We talked about hmm. some of this, I think, before. It was her, she wrote most of the tracks. She had mm-hmm. one producer, Reggie Lucas, at first, and then she didn't like what he was doing, so she brought in Jellybean Benitez, who we talked about when we did, I think, a one-hit wonder episode mm-hmm. or something like that. But mm-hmm. the, the technolo- technology-wise, they used a bunch of cutting te- technology at the time as far as keyboards. They used the Lynn Drums uh drum machine, which was used in so much 80s music, including rock songs, mm-hmm. uh, a Moog bass, OBX synthesizer, which stuff we talked about a long time ago with Professor Mike. Um, but it also has some traditional instruments on it, including the ubiquitous saxes in, you know, at least one song, maybe more, mm-hmm. but you hear some of that. Tons mm-hmm. of hits, just like Ray was saying about it. This is the album that you got, uh, Borderline, Lucky Star, Holiday, Burning Up, mm-hmm. Everybody, mm-hmm. Uh, at least one other there. Uh, there's a couple other songs on there. Um, and the music videos, tons of music videos for yeah. all those songs were, were huge. Uh, it peaked at number eight on the billboard, uh, 200. So, um, I don't know. You said what poison was what number three when it was on number there? three. Okay. So this is eight certified five times platinum mm-hmm. poison's only three though. All right. Well, so, there you go. Mm-hmm. And three uh, times platinum. Let's see. Uh, 10 million sold 10 million copies worldwide. Uh, top 10 in the charts in, I don't know, several countries here that are listed here. Um, so, but, but as far as the sound goes, I think it's more of, you know, it's not rock obviously, but it's, it's, uh, right. emblematic of that pop sound that was coming out and then would carry us through the rest of the eighties and beyond really. Mm-hmm. All right. We have no consensus here. Do we dare <laughs> go to Bart just so we can agree with Ray or do we just can't uh, I, I well, decide to ignore Bart? Then we'll have a <laughs> plurality or something. Well, I gotta Let's say see. I'm much more inclined to go with Madonna than I am with Poison. Oh, I'm convincing, I'm convincing Kat. You are, you are (laughs) much more, not to exclude anyone, but I, uh, I I appreciate the, uh, the musical focus, the, the whole variety of instruments that were very (laughs) important in the (laughs) eighties. Bart says he's going to pass. Oh, (laughs) he doesn't want to wade into this Mm. controversial, Mm. highly charged one. Yeah. What were you going to suggest? Those two, though, I I would have to say I prefer Thriller to the Madonna album because I don't think Madonna's a very good singer. And I think Uh, without the videos, the album's not as good. I agree as far as the singing goes. I agree. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think songs standing on their own, I think Thriller overall Mm -hmm. is a better album. I think the songs are better written. All right. So I do. Like I said, I like Lucky Star, but only because of the video. Hmm. Okay. All right. So in the end, we've got uh, two Madonnas to one thriller. So still Madonna gets it, (laughs) right? Because Kat switched already. You can't can't go. You're not going with Kat. Kat switched already. Well, no, no. Well, now I'm going to convince her to come back to thriller. Well, I didn't didn't switch, switch. (laughs) 
I was mm. letting you know that if I had <laughs> to switch, I would mm. switch to Madonna and not Poison. I didn't say I. I gave up on Thriller. <laughs> well, see, I'm still with Thriller. If Ray's coming to Thriller, I'm with Thriller. <laughs> yeah, I have no problem going to Thriller. That was a huge album. Ooh. Ray just doesn't want to lose. No, I had uh, I had the album. All right, Thriller I did not it is. have the Thriller's I going didn't in. have the Madonna album. I think it's an I obvious choice. The, We're not teaching anybody in the future anything except that yeah. disco was popular in the '80s. Briefly at the beginning of the '80s. All right, I'll tell you what. I had that jacket. So yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> Donga wins it. Yeah, Donga wins. <laughs> Came back to Donga. Donga. <laughs> hey, if you like Donga, and you know you do, look up clowns in a porta potty. Yeah. No. All right, hey, that's it. All right, so what's going in the time capsule here is what is mm -hmm. it? Night Rider, Time Life Mystic Books number seven, right? Mm -hmm. Rubik's Cube, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and Michael Jackson's Thriller. What an eclectic uh, collection of things there. Absolutely. Huh. I think that represents the 80s pretty well, though. I think so, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think That's in the collective. end, even though some of these weren't my first choice, I think in the end, this is really good. This is a good mm -hmm. list. Mm -hmm. Solid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think you should chuck a fingerless leather glove in there, too, just for <laughs> giggles. And a belly shirt that up could yeah. be worn by a man or a woman uh, in the 1980s. Right. And some yeah. of these. <laughs> Look at my bandanas. Bandana These are from the oh, 80s. Oh, yeah, you got those some bandanas in there, too. They're from the 80s. Something you could win on our 80s trivia when you go into the right. Go put those in your basement. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, that's the show there. So, hey, uh, our show is brought to you, uh, every episode is brought to you by the many, our many wonderful supporters, including especially our a Patreon, uh, there, there. it's the same list every time. Well, you, you know it by heart. Why are you even looking? Because it's been at least 10 days since we've recorded. <laughs> Including John Henderson. I was going to wait for Bart Arnold, who also came up with the idea for this episode. Yeah. Yay. Uh, John Reddick. John Reddick. <laughs> That's not all. There's, oh, Craig Coletta and yeah. John Kaminsky. There you go. I don't know. There that, you go. That's all of them anyway. There um, you go. <laughs> hey, if you've got a suggestion for an episode like Bart did, just email me at will at 1980snow.com. Or if you've got other ideas of what should have been on a time capsule and want to tell uh, Ray how he was wrong, you can email me at will at 1980snow because I, I will proudly tell him that. I need, mm -hmm. a re I, need a, I need a way to do that. Okay, whatever. That's dumb. Wait, um, can I say something? Yes, please. If you go to <laughs> patreon.com slash 1980snow, yep. you could maybe encourage uh, Ray to create a non-fungible token of <laughs> 1980s now that he will yes. happily sell you. Oh my God. <laughs> can, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm totally selling our logo can as, we, a, as a, a, an NFT. Can we do it old school though, Ray? Like you actually draw something on a piece of paper and they get that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, we have to take a picture of the piece of paper oh, so because I need to get my residuals. Just dumb. I'm only selling the digital copy <laughs> to as many people as possible. Yeah. We could be rolling into Doge coins. Rolling into Doge. <laughs> the Doge coins. <laughs> All right. Hey, we will talk well, to you next time on 1980s Now. See ya. Later. <laughs>